Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to The Drake Podcast Show. This episode was made possible for our station sponsor, E-Bike Boys. For all your latest electric biking needs, visit E-Bike Boys at their showroom today at 418 Canterbury Road, Campsie and 69 King Street, Newtown. And now get ready to be blessed with your host, Dom. I'm just seeing a real emphasis starting to grow in the church about an understanding that we need to maybe push the programs and the platforms and the what we've known as being the way to do things to the back burner. Mm. And as individuals, we need to find that identity as sons and daughters and we need to find intimacy with God because when oh. we have that intimacy with Him, we will. It is inevitable when you have intimacy with someone that you're going to bear fruit for them. Wow. That's what I'm I'm really seeing is that there is this pride like for intimacy with yes. him. Yes. The sons and daughters, the identity, knowing who we are. And then I'm really seeing a lot of organic fellowship, I guess, that the ecclesia as well not opposed to, but we had the church structure, we had the buildings and I just see like the harvest the church keeps the people coming out of the building and we're starting to see we're not going to go back to the old you know what happened before covid you know this whole and that's a whole other episode that i'm sure that you could really shine some truth on but before this whole thing went where we got locked down we got controlled we got separated from each other we got isolated things were ticking along fine like we could do our programs we could do our church services we could come together we could feel you know good but then we're pulled back to a place where that's exactly right. God. The character wasn't what? being pressured or tested, so right. we couldn't see what the real man was. And the real man and woman was ugly and had a lot of work to do because, hey, before COVID, before this lawless man came into effect all over the world, and whatever this disease really is, I'll let God be mm-hmm. the judge of that. We took the church system and the hierarchy and the way we did Sundays so, so terribly for granted, Kat. And that was a part of the problem because the devil thought, (laughs) I've got you guys exactly where I want you to be. You are Mm. blinded. You think that all is well and that I can't send five demons on assignment out to test you when I close the very thing you thought was a crutch for you on a weekend Mm. to go to, to do your penance and then to go about just living your rotten, dirty, sinful lives. Have no other gods before me because I will vomit you out and I will never call you my son or daughter in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's a very serious threat and warning from heaven. And it's in fact one that I believe right now heaven is warring against the earth and is trying to give people just that little bit more of an option and time to make that decision that performance is not the way. That even having an identity in the things of the world that we know will be eaten by moths and killed by robbers It's not Mm. the way. He is the only way to that beautiful gate, to that place of perfect peace and forgiveness. And if you are doing it in your own strength today, I really just want to stress the importance today that me and Kat don't come online tonight to share this just to amaze you or wow you or impress you. We're doing this because we realize that this is the groaning and the utterances spiritually right now that the world is fighting hell with and heaven. And 
I want to be on that fight with you today. I don't want you for a second to think that we are not behind you in this a hundredfold because we are, but it starts with you being honest where you're at right now. God can deal with your mess. You're not messy or chaotic enough for God to want to fix you and mend you that broken heart today and make it whole like he has me and is continuing to do cat. I I truly believe that we are on a journey and will never ever be complete until we meet him at the pearly gates of heaven. So it's the end of that great performance, the end of striving, the end of contorting yeah. yourself to be perfect. You don't have to be, but you That's can right. choose to sin no more, as it says in the Bible. So Kat, I want to ask you something in relation to the changing and grueling world that is right around us right now. What would you say Christians should be wary of and maybe even rebuked today of so they don't blindly get led along and strung along by this deception the Bible calls the lawless man in Revelation? But I think it always comes back to intimacy, whether there's a lack of it or it is the pivotal point of a believer's life. And, you know, it's something that I'm so, so passionate about um, and this season that I've been in for the last few years is a real emphasis on the fruit of other gifts mm. where Romans 11.29 says that the gifts are without repentance and they're irrevocable, but I believe the emphasis in this season with God has been that the fruit of the Spirit is more important where we we can push for a platform, we can have a pursuit of um, positions and popularity, but I feel he's, he's really put us in a situation where we've got to forsake that. And I think this last season has been about that, like, he snatched that away from a lot of people and I think it's mm. taken a lot of people's identity like where am I you know where am I with God and I've met I've had a real focus on Matthew 3 verse 10 talks about the acts of the root that had God has at for every tree that brings bad fruit and we've really got to be checking our fruit because yeah. We might have an amazing, like for me, prophecy is something that I pursued when I first came to him when I was 18, came back to him. And it's something that I've, I've grown in and you know, I can go and prophesy to someone and then I can have really bad character and, you know, it's going <laughs> to cause an offense. Like, Isn't it crazy? Right. God can still use a sloppy Christian like us right. to give someone probably more than we've asked or could think of or imagine in, mm. in our humanly bodies. But mm. we can also in the process create such a grand offence to people if we're not mm. saying it in love. So if we say the truth right. without love, then the truth is like a clanging symbol to these people because they're not at that level or that that trust, you know, uh, factor with God personally. Yeah. To, to digest what we're saying. And I don't know about you, but I have been a pretty, you know, I guess wild and, and radical prophet in my years growing up as a, as a born-again Christian. Yeah. And it can take, sometimes it can take years to mend those, those holes in yeah. the church just because people would rather hear what their itching ears want to hear rather than what yeah. the Spirit is saying to the seven churches. And I just think right now what better a time to encourage and lovingly and forting, for, you know, provokingly rebuke people today because we do this out of uh, obligation of love. There's no other yeah. reason than, than doing this in love, right? That's right. And when we have our identity so firmly rooted in Christ, we don't have to do it for any other reason. Yeah. And if you know, if we're in, I'm challenging anyone who, you know, who might 
feel like, well, I can't lay down my platform. I can't lay down my position or my popularity or, you know, my ministry. Um, that is a red flag to say, where is your identity? Is it in him as yeah, an yeah. adopted child of God? Yeah. Is it in him as the beloved? I mean, read the book of Solomon, see yourself as the bride. Is that the place you're living from or are you living from work? And, you know, you go and read about when Jesus was baptized uh, by John the Baptist and what did God say to him then? You are my beloved son. Jesus hadn't even done public ministry at that point. Wow. Sonship comes first. <laughs> it is the most important thing. That's very important. And yeah. immediately after, Satan comes to him in the wilderness and starts challenging him, if you are the son of God. We need to be so aware that the enemy is after our identity because he knows if he can get us thinking like orphans, and the orphan thing is such a problem in Australia, especially in the church. Yep. And if he can get us thinking like orphans, then we will not trust our Father and we will have envy and strife and suspicion of each other as children of God. It's the identity thing, the adoption thing, it is pivotal. If, if, if the church on a whole, if each individual person in the church could just taste this place of intimacy with him and become, become to know who they are by reading his word and spending time with him, it would transform the world. That's incredible. It's that orphan spirit that's just raging the church right now. This isn't even a worldly battle. It's a battle that was won by Christ, the victor, but we're forgetting that we have that arsenal that he's given us when we became his again for the first time in our heart of hearts. And we said, you are Lord. When you say you are Lord, you better be prepared for a life-changing, world-shaking experience to happen. Because if it isn't, well, I'm afraid you don't know your worth yet, friend, and you don't know where your identity is born from. It's from our maker, Jesus Christ, our history maker, in fact. And I want to go back to this identity crisis right now that's plaguing the church. Would you say that this is because we put such an idolatrous and strong emphasis on revival but we haven't focused first on the foundation of our identity with Jesus. You know, I think that revival in some circles has become a golden calf in the church. And I've seen it, you know, where I am. And I've heard people saying, we want the fire of God. And I, you know, when I think of the, I've had encounters with the fire of God. Mm. It's not a little sparkler, you know, that you get your birthday party and you can, you know, throw it around and have fun with it and then I'm done. No. I've encountered the fire of God and it's terrible and it's wonderful but it's terrible and I feel every time I encounter his fire, I feel like I'm within a millimetre of death and it changes me every time and it is refining but this is the fire that God will pour out for revival. It's not going to tickle our flesh. Yeah. You know, I, I had an encounter with God once where he said to me, when there's a, <laughs> better be careful how to say this. Um, I was counseled that the church might not be ready to hear this kind of thing. <laughs> this is the mm. big problem of this 21st century church today is that mm. we're not praying enough. No. We're reading the right. Bible and we're just getting fattened like spiritual calves, but we're not going right. out and then distributing that wisdom from the Lord Almighty of hosts. Mm. And we're not going out and appealing, you know, on behalf of others in intercession and other works of prayer. And this is why we're not 
covered. And that's why people are having car accidents and dying of cancer and having heart attacks. And people might not like to hear this. And this may not be so popular to hear your two ears and two eyes today, guys. But this is what my revelation has been so far of what's wrong at the moment with that picture. Divine health is not something that is made up. That was a promise from God. If you would trust him and walk with him side by side as his servant. That doesn't mean life was going to be easy for Dom or for Kat or for you tuning in today, but it does mean that it's going to be a hell of a lot more manageable because you have the right artillery to fight those giants when they may try and stop you in your tracks to righteousness. It's so true. And, you know, like what I'm learning is that when you have that identity down, like when that's what you're walking out with the Lord, that spirit of adoption, I've got the Passion Translation here with Romans 8, verse 14. It's like honeycomb. And Mm. what it says here is the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit and did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God, and you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved Father, for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. That's (laughs) beautiful. It's a promise. (laughs) It's the promise right there in a few sentences. And knowing that that's who we are, Mm. we can walk with a clear conscience. And if we have a clear conscience, we can have faith for healing. Mm. But if we don't have that clear conscience because we know who we are in Christ, it's, those things are accessible. Divine health is accessible. Healing is accessible. Miracles. If you become yeah. a miracle chaser, and we know that that's yeah. also accessible today, but if you become a miracle yeah. chaser but you forget the person behind performing that miracle is not that person laying hands on you. It's not that platform a person's building and puffing their chest up with pride to be at and hold at all costs possible. There's no such thing as ministry. There's only such a thing as ministers of God's word as his faithful servants. And if we start walking out in that healthy attitude of faith, I don't believe that pride will even be one of the seven deadly sins in the church anymore. And if it comes in, it will get cast out super fast because there will be so much discernment in oneness of church and faith that nobody will let that kind of thing go unchallenged. Healthy family, right? And I think coming back to that orphan thing is what what we really, I think what we're missing a lot in Australia. We've just gone away from the script. I hope that's okay. I'd I'd actually prefer to. I'm a very unscripted, spontaneous dude and – This is where I think Holy Spirit likes to lead conversations more of the time than not. So I'm just trusting him. Look, I've got nothing to offer this world except for what he's put in me. I'm not a trained person. I'm not um, what I would consider highly intelligent. I think sometimes I'm frustratingly simple. But it's only the Holy Spirit that has anything worth me sharing. Um, (laughs) Yes, Lord. (laughs) But. It's the pet, you know, we need to have healthy and safe fathers and mothers in yeah. the church. Yeah. We need, I had such a revelation because I was like abused by a man who I really loved when I was three years old. He wasn't mm. a family member, he was a family friend. And when I was 18, after I had been delivered, born again, transformed new creation, I found out that he had been born again as well. 
had given his life to the Lord. No. And I, I chucked the shit. I oh, was so upset. It's not God. okay. Well, I was like, well, you, abandoned, you, you betrayed me. How could you do that? Didn't you see what he did to me? He ruined my whole childhood. And God God, God, I, God said to me so clearly, I forgave you for the million. You forgive him for the one. And I hit my knees, hit the floor, and I began to sob. And I, I just was overcome with love for this man because I experienced God's love for him. That Satan had ruined things in me through what he'd done but Satan had ruined him and he ended up taking his own life and I was so grieved because I felt that Satan had ripped him off more than he'd ripped me off because I could go to a church and I could find people and say poor you, you're abused like that's terrible Where, which corner of the church could that man go to and find that compassion and that's we need to be the body the, the body of Christ representing that love where he, he saw the sin that was committed by every one of us on the cross. That's what God turned his eyes away from Jesus because he had the sin of us all upon his shoulders and he saw every single sin and he willingly gave his life and that's who we need to be. We need to have that fiery, 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 white burning love for the world and we need to have mothers and fathers in the spirit. In this nation particularly, there is a massive thing of an orphan spirit and it comes back to controlling leaders and spiritual leaders who aren't safe mothers and fathers in the Lord because they don't know their identity and they're operating from a orphan place. Because a, a true mother or father of God will want the people that they're discipling and loving to outrun them, for, for their head to be the platform that they go from. They won't be, you know, that's what we need in this country for a reformation and revival. You know, Holy Spirit was talking to me earlier last week about that very particularity around sonship, around divine sonship, in fact. In the Passion Translation, I was alerted back to 1 John 3, page 705, if you're reading from a TPT at home. It says, look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvellous love that he's lavished on us. He has called us and made us his very own beloved children. The reason the world doesn't recognise who we are is that they didn't recognise him. Beloved, we are God's children right now. However, it is not yet apparent what we will become, but we do know that when it is finally made visible, we will be just like him. Man, say no more. Every argument should just be no argument when you read the divine nature of the living word. We are sons, but it's so important that we understand the identity which you can, I guess, frame into being called sonship or daughtership today. So if you're struggling, head over to 1 John. I really feel like the book of 1, 2, and 3 John will really exemplify how important it is to love people to act in love but also to be obedient in understanding your identity as sons and daughters right and you know i think with that love is that we have to be a safe place where people can be corrected and people can repent and people can turn Mm. from the things they're doing um whether it's anger pride you know like it doesn't matter whatever the spectrum is it can be you know someone who's getting into Immoral living is just as big a problem as someone who is up on the stage preaching from a place of self-importance and pride. It doesn't. We need to be a safe family where people can be messy, and then Jesus can put them back together. But Absolutely. there isn't that safe place for us 
come and say, you know, Absolutely. if you confess, if you confess your sins, He is faithful to cleanse us from unrighteousness. And confess your sins one to another, and you'll be healed. We need to be those people who we can come and confess our sins to, and we just receive the love and mercy of Christ. Cat. It has been such a huge privilege to hear your story today. Now, I realize that we've gone way, way over time, but Holy Spirit doesn't operate off time and neither does the heavenly, so why should we? And I think that that's a challenge to us all today when we see that clock ticking at church next Sunday, however it may come to being and whatever platform you're on currently. Is there anything before we wrap up our interview today that you really feel is burning on your heart radically to just release over to the audience today? Look, I just pray that everyone who is listening today, my, my prayer would be that you pursue nothing else from this point except to Jesus, to be known by Him and to know Him. And you know, our life should be a walk with Him where He's leading and we're dancing and every other good thing will flow from that place. And that should be our focus, that we are intimate with Him and we birth fruit to Him from that place. So my prayer would be that if there's anything that's stopping you from that, whether it's, and I'm not talking about sin, because you heard for me six months I was praying, God, heal me or, or, or kill me, but I was still doing the sin. And sometimes it takes that time of crying out to Him. But He's faithful. And that's, you know, one of my favorite verses is that in Second Timothy 2.13, is that if we are faithless, He remains faithful because it's His nature. He can't help Himself. So... My encouragement to those to, to anyone out there who's struggling is to get back to your first love because that's where you're going to find the answer to everything. That's where you're going to find your peace, your joy. That's where the depression will go. I just pray, Lord, that anyone listening is having that oppression and anxiety and, and depression, Lord, and, and just thoughts of suicide coming against them and even addiction, Lord, that you would just wrap it now and break it off them and push it back, Lord. And in that time, I'm just praying that everyone who's listening will just find their first love because it might seem tedious, it, it might seem scary, it, it might seem like it doesn't make sense, but that is the place where you're going to find your whole life will change is just going and finding that intimacy with Him. And then instead of having to go to church, you'll find that you have become the church and you will begin to shine that light into the world everywhere you go. Well, that was part two of Kat Fredgold's two-part testimony on the Drake Podcast show. If you missed last week's episode, then head over to iHeartRadio and Spotify to catch up on them now. Now for some family business, I have some big news to share with all of you. And to be on the safe side, you might need to be seated for the next announcement. Ready? The Drake Podcast Show is heading over to Apple Podcast Subscriptions. So for all of you wanting to listen to bonus members-only content, including hilarious outtakes and fast track premiere episodes of this show you will need to sign up to my annual subscription box today click on the apple podcast link in the episode description to get started to everyone else good night